Police in Las Vegas found themselves in the middle of a UFO mystery last month after an... It was big eyes, they have big eyes. Saw something fall out of the sky too, so that's why I'm kind of curious. Do you see him now, sir? Mythical Legends Podcast with your host Daniel Barnett. to the Mythical Legends podcast. As usual, I have my dad Craig with us. Hi dad. I'm very, very good. Um, today we have an amazing guest, Bigfoot researcher and member of the Olympic Project, Shane Corson. Thank you for spending time with me today, Shane. How are you? I'm doing well, Daniel. Uh, thank you for having me on. You're very, very welcome. Um, where are you based? I am currently based out of Washington State, uh, the western part of Washington State here in the, the U.S. A uh, massive area for Bigfoot, I hear. A uh, brilliant area for Bigfoot, um, Sasquatch, you know, uh, being so close to the Olympics, the Olympic mountain range up here, it's, it's a phenomenal area. I bet, I, I bet it is. Um, so, could you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah, I, um, so um, I was born in Scotland, actually. I lived on an island off the west coast of Scotland for, for many years um, called Isla and uh, moved to the States in 93 uh, to uh, Southern California. Eventually, over the years, I've made my way up to Oregon, met my wife, lived in Oregon for a while. And uh, and now I'm, I'm up in Washington State where I'm working with and uh, in, in co-leading a group called the Olympic Project we are um, I know you've had guests like Amy Boo on on your show before and she's she's a member of the Olympic project um, and um, we're basically uh, you know studying the Sasquatch phenomena um, we're a group of like-minded individuals with the same passion goals ideas we're avid uh, hikers explorers uh, but we're driven by data collection um, trying to collect as much data on the Sasquatch phenomena as possible as we mm-hmm. possibly can and um, yeah, that's where we're just about data collection, and uh, that's just a little bit about me. <laughs> it it's, uh, it sounds like a very very great life, Shane. Mm, absolutely, I have uh, no complaints whatsoever. Beautiful life. <laughs> um, so, have you had a Bigfoot sighting? I have. Yes, um, I'll say the only. Um, where I actually put eyes on the creature. I, I did one time back in August of 2011. I have subsequently, no doubt in my mind, seen them through thermal, uh, like night vision, uh, not night vision, but thermal uh, vision, um, thermal recorder, um, probably at least twice. Uh, but I did have a, a two night experience up in the Mount Hood National Forest of Oregon, like I said, 2011 um, of August. Yeah, where I was uh, actually not doing anything uh, Bigfoot related. I was on a backpacking trip with two friends in the remote part of uh, the wilderness around Mount Hood and uh, happened to, to the second night 
happened to uh, see a large figure swaying behind a tree. Um, that was after a rock was thrown at our camp and, and some um, percussives, mm. some tree knocks happened. To, um, and that's what uh, solidified the existence of Sasquatch Morgan. <laughs> and, and how did you feel when, when all this was happening? Uh, being that it was a two-night experience, you know, we'd, we'd, uh, we had made camp. And then that night, later on after fishing and, and whatnot, we had uh, something storming around our camp. Um, and then the following night, after going back out the following day, going fishing and coming back to our base camp, we had this thing come back. And uh, so at that time, I knew I was actually petrified, to be quite honest with you. I had never been around a Sasquatch that I was aware of. I've been around black bear, loads of black bear, been around mountain lions and elk and deer, and you name it. Uh, this thing was back a second night, and I couldn't wrap my head around that. I knew that it was probably not a good thing. And so, um, you know, it's one of those things where you can't let your fear over overwhelm you. You got to stay on your toes. And uh, mm. so I slowly just kind of walked myself out of that fear and said, well, we're still alive. And, you know, this thing's back, but it's it's not harmed us. It's, you know, throwing a rock. It's beating a tree. It's stomped around the camp. Um, so... At the time, I was fearful. But then, you know, after all was said and done, you know, as the weeks passed, I just got more and more intrigued and in, in curiosity, um, which, you know, is, is an amazing thing if you can get hooked on the subject like that. Mm. And, and... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good question. Uh, the, 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 the first night... Uh, w- one of the individuals uh, was out. He never heard anything. He was just out, totally conked out. Um, the other friend of mine, Mitch, um, was much very aware of what was going on. But we were just at that point trying to figure out what it was. You know, my immediately I went towards you know hearing this thing move around our camp. The first time I'm, I'm, I'm thinking bear, elk, but it sounded bipedal. It sounded very large, and you know the wheels were spinning, but I, I didn't know. Um, so. The first night, no, we were intrigued, but we never saw anything. We didn't have anything thrown at camp. We didn't hear any tree knocks or percussives. So I wasn't 100% sure what it was, neither neither my buddy or I. It was the second night, which, um, yeah, we were ready to get out of there. No, yeah, they're not even... Uh, one of one of my buddies, uh, Ian, he, he's from Boston. He's not an outdoorsman. I think that's the last and only time he's ever camped. And um, uh, my buddy Mitch, uh, no, he's not interested. He, he He's pretty much aware that they're there and he's just not interested. But I actually, I've been involved in, I guess, the phenomena or the research of there of since 97. Um, and that's what makes this encounter so funny to me is because in 2011, yeah, I was very actively researching the phenomenon but this trip i didn't bring anything with me it was a fishing trip uh i wasn't doing anything to elicit the sasquatch at least not on purpose um so i that but it really catapulted me into getting further in, in into this research <laughs> wow and and if i if i was to um go on my don't knowledge of bigfoot do you reckon Bigfoot was there because of like the fish. Do you reckon we by a water source? Yes, right next to a, a large lake. I, and I, 
I think what happened there was, and this is just my opinion, um, having reflected upon this two-night experience, because those are rare. To have two nights of something come back, it's pretty rare. Mm. You usually get a fleeting glimpse or whatever have you. Um, we had gotten lost the first day, and we were up on this mountain, this ridge, and uh, we were quite lost, you know, off trail. And I think we disturbed something up on that ridge line, which was above the lake. I think we kind of went through wherever, you know, th- this individual or group was kind of uh, staying for a night or two or whatever they do. Um, I think we just disturbed them. And uh, we're, we're basically where people don't go off trail up above this ridge. Nobody, nobody goes up there. It's, it's way up there. And um, I think it was there because uh, in general, the, alt- the, the, the altitude, the height, you know, of this, this mountain is pretty high, um, very secluded, very remote. That's one reason too, I think because of the evergreen huckleberry in this area, there's loads of huckleberry in the months of August, loads of huckleberry. And then of course the fish, as you pointed out, and loads of water sources. Uh, You know, the West, you know, between Oregon and Washington, specifically Washington, a lot of the weather is very similar to the UK. I mean, very similar, uh, both in temperature and rainfall. Um, And these areas get a lot of rain. It's just the perfect habitat for a large, uh, a large, um, you know, uh, for Sasquatch or bear or elk or deer or anything like that, large ungulates. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and and that that leads me on to another question. Do you do you think or ha- do you know of any instances of sightings in the UK, or do you think Bigfoot is here in the UK? You know. Quite honestly, you know, I didn't live on mainland. I've been to Glasgow and Edinburgh and, and I've been to London and whatnot. Um, I got plenty of family out there that do a lot of hiking. And I'm very familiar with like the Grey Man, you know, as, as it's called over there, mm-hmm. uh, specifically in Scotland. Um, I have, I find it very, <laughs> I find it very hard to believe that there, there would be a Sasquatch uh, in the UK because mm-hmm. it obviously wouldn't be a Sasquatch, it would be Sasquatches. Um mm-hmm. And, and, you know, despite what people believe that there's no force in, in the UK, there is there is actually quite a few force in the UK. And yeah. a, lot, a lot of mountains, a lot of water sources, a lot of red deer, a lot of, um, I mean, a lot of wildlife. Um, is it impossible? Of course not. It's not impossible. I know people cleaned up sightings over there and, and found impressions and stuff. I just, I just have a really hard time believing that there would be Sasquatch in the UK or, you know, but can never rule it out i mean i'm pretty mm. positive there's big cats pretty positive We've got big cats roaming oh, around yeah. there yeah and so you know and, and, and who knows what's in the waters around the uk uh, or in the, some of the lochs and, and whatnot but um i just you know for me you know it's just one of the things where i'll, I'll sit back and, and and see yeah what others are doing over there i'll live through them vicariously what they're studying and and maybe they'll open my eyes to something so say that's that's exactly what I'm trying to do and and I'm with you on I find it hard to believe that there is something over here but I'm not gonna rule it out and I ne I never will um, but even I found tracks myself on and what it could be I have no idea excellent yeah. and and I I've even sent eDNA off, um, and we're cu- and we're currently awaiting those results, which should be any day now. Oh, really? Um, and it it seems to be mystery. And the reason why I've got into 
Bigfoot here is because there are so many sightings here in the UK, it's hard not to ignore. It's like there are quite a few sightings and I've mapped it out on um, on a map. And as you say, it's people have said they've seen this thing and I'm like, hold on a minute, is it true or is it not? And, and um, I, I find it hard to believe but I'm not going to rule it out, and I, I, I hope I get some answers, but I don't think I'm going to. <laughs> you never know, you know. It, you know the fact that you're, you're, um, obviously finding impressions. You're talking to people. You're putting on a map. You're doing your due diligence and getting to, you know, with eDNA. So that's 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 more than a lot of um, researchers do in any field. <laughs> so good, <laughs> good for good for you. Um, have you tried casted? Have you tried casting any of those impressions? Oh yeah, Excellent. yes I have. Um, we 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 have one, um, we have one cast is eighteen inches. Okay. Um, and we, it it was one footprint with another impression next to it, but one deep enough. Um, and we, but yeah, we 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 we've casted. Uh, we found possible tree structures, possible evidence. Um, but again, I'm not gonna say, I, I, and I never will. I, I'll never say that Bigfoot is definitively here, and Bigfoot. Oh, I did. Yeah, I sent um, I sent some hair samples off to uh, Doc, off to Doctor Jeffrey Meldrum. Um, oh, good, good. And um, and yeah, and and obviously he's um bit ill right at, at the moment so um so i'm um i'm not expecting anything um soon but but we'll see what we get do, do you have if you have more hair i could always reach out to and she's also a part of the olympic project uh, she lives out of canada um cindy dosen of hominai enigma she actually does this for a living uh looks at you know hair samples and she, you won't get your hair sample back, but she will give you a detailed report on, on Ooh, the yeah. characteristics. Um, you know, I can send that that information to you, Daniel. Um, oh, that'd done. be amazing because okay. I do have, and 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 I'll tell I'll tell you this. Um, we were out in the forest and we found this pile of a uh, scat. And I have no idea what it is. I know what foxes look like. I know what badgers look like. I know what rabbits, all sorts of deer. And this is nothing like normal dog or anything. And when we got closer, we found one very long hair that was all black with a tiny, tiny little bit of white at the end. Oh. Now, my first my first thoughts go to badger, but badgers tend to have quite thick hair. Um, and I, it could be badger. But it's just this one thin hair, which I, I've, I've been trying to get um, an, analyzed for a while. But mm -hmm. I, I love that shape. Oh yeah, definitely. I think it'd be worth, you know, worth your efforts. Mm, amazing. Thanks for that. Um, so, um, what do you, uh, do you think is the most important um, equipment uh, to use on on expeditions? So, like on your expedition was the most important piece of equipment uh, the most well that's it's, it's 
It's a tough one, um, only because I think pen and paper or your your phone and notes uh, is just any notes you could jot down. Um, that's very important, um, you know. But also a map. Um, at least out here, it's we have a, you know people go missing all the time. And mm. I think it's very important to have a compass and a map. Is you know just the, the very very fundamental stuff, right? We're not even talking about you know what we utilize to to, uh, to you know search out Sasquatch or record Sasquatch. That's all very important. But for me, the the most important thing is just being careful. You know, having a, a medical kit with you, uh, being aware of your mm-hmm. your area, knowing the animals, the terrain, the weather. Um, a lot of these places we go, the weather can change, and you know, especially up on these mountains. Uh, could change mm-hmm. in, in the span of 10 minutes. It can go from sunny to thunderstorm, um, hail, rain, uh, real quick. So just being prepared, having a, you know everything in your backpack, have two of everything, a way to start a fire, um, a way to keep warm, food, water, multiple water sources. You know, So that's, that, that to mm. me is once you prepare, you, you have the foundation to get out to the woods, then you start looking at equipment. And then I would go towards like a, uh, a tape recorder, recording mm-hmm. audio, is one of the least intrusive things you can do in the woods and um, you, you, you'll come away hopefully with something on there um, that you can vet through um, that if you did hear something um, it won't be just a story you'll have an audio recording and i always tell people you know as soon as you hit the woods or get out of your vehicle or hit the trail get that audio out get a recording right away because a lot of times things happen right at the beginning and you're like oh shoot i wish i had my audio out so that of course is very important i also have you know i use I think it's important to have, um, you know, some sort of video. I have multiple GoPros, you know, that I take out to video equipment. So I got audio going. I got video going, um, you know, and for nighttime, if, if you can afford it, uh, you know, some sort of um, recording thermal unit. Uh, you know, the Olympic Project has quite a few of them. Um, these 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 um, these things, these Sasquatch seem to be highly active at night. I think they're just as active in a lot of places during the day, just places that are void of people. I think they got get a little more curious and a little more brave at night, and it's more their realm than ours. Um, and of course, casting material, tape measures, um, mm-hmm. all all that stuff. You know, um, ways to you know document the size of a track or an impression. Ways to you know a DNA collection kit for hair, saliva, uh, all that stuff. You know, we, you know, usually when I'm out in the woods, my pack is uh, pretty dang heavy because I have <laughs> extra batteries too to replace audio recorders and thermal units and then you know every once in a while I'll place a game camera out so um but when you get involved in any sort of outdoor uh, research whether it's sasquatch related or known animal related or whatever have you i just i tell people be prepared tell somebody where you're going when you plan on being back uh try to go out with at least more than one person uh, rather than by yourself um just things happen you can fall down break a leg you know twist an ankle um and be mm-hmm. in a bad situation so I, if you can build up the foundation of your research you know the equipment and all that is great but um if you're not competent going out to the woods like knowing where you're going to be what you're going to be doing then you're not properly prepared mm. and and all those things that you've said i'm so i'm so happy that you said all that because most of that um both me and 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 my small my small team have done <laughs> um we have uh, we Excellent. bought truck we bought trail cameras uh we've got cameras we've got um first aid kit um and obviously with the uk they're not the biggest of forest like um like you like you guys have 
um, but they are still big. They are still big enough and dangerous enough for for you to obviously trip and um, yeah. and fall. And but the uh, the thing that I'm quite relieved about is we don't have bears and and other things for me to worry about because because <laughs> yeah. that'd be a big pan- big panic for me, Shane. <laughs> I'm very, I'm very fortunate there. I mean, we do have a lot of mountain lion. I mean, where even I live, there's a lot of mountain lion around here. A lot of black bear, um, you know, the deer out here, elk. I mean, anything, anything could be dangerous. We have bobcats. And one thing we don't have, at least on the western side of the state, is very many poisonous spiders nor snakes. We have loads of snakes, uh, but we don't have any rattlesnakes or anything. So I can, the only other thing I, I worry about specifically this time of year is uh bees and wasps i've been stung 30 some odd times this year venturing the woods and uh ticks uh we do have ticks but uh, this time of year they're not prevalent well they're not you know that i run into bears quite frequently uh almost 10 times out of 10 they'll run you know and um yeah they'll run they'll take off um you know make some noise you know we don't have any grizzly on this part of washington uh which uh, i wouldn't be fond of uh, we don't have any wolves on this side of washington uh, at least not close um, but, but a lot of mountain lion, that's something I'm always very careful about. <clears throat> Pardon me. They, they're, they're, they're large. They're large cats. Mm. I've got them on many game camera. Um, you know, where I've been in one spot, put a camera in and 10 minutes later, the cat walked by. So it already knew I was there and it was watching me. So yeah, wow. I'm very wary of those, but I'm also an avid hunter. And so my hunt season starts, uh, here at, well, October 14th, I'll be out bear hunting. I have my cougar tag. I have my deer tag. And you're around those animals all the time. It's just about having a healthy respect for those animals, a healthy respect for anything out in the woods, um, mm-hmm. that you don't get so arrogant thinking you're the biggest, baddest thing out there because you're not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, absolutely. I have a. I have a, well, her, actually my daughter, Nevea, her birthday's today. Um, she turned 12 and she, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Um, she, um, she's an avid outdoorsman, like our outdoors woman. Uh, and, uh, we go camping a lot, but you know, she's never within, but a few feet of me if we're in some of these areas, cause it's don't, yeah, I'm the same <laughs> way. I'm the same way. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I would be, if I came in front of a bear, I think I would just collapse into a ball because uh, I, I would be so afraid <laughs> yeah yeah well that's the one thing with blackberry if you ever you know i've been i have been charged by a, a sow and uh, i didn't realize she had a cub nearby didn't know it was a i'm the sort wow. of person if i see something i'm going to investigate it i don't want to talk about it i want to know what it is and i i was approaching this black bear up it was about midnight up in this clear cut up this hill and i we, you know my group and i saw these large eyes and uh, we couldn't make it out so I went up the hill to investigate it and ended up being a bear and charged me, bluff charged me and then took oh. off. But, um, you know, so it's one of those, you know, um, I was dumb on my end. You know, I should have been a little more careful. <laughs> but I, one of the fortunate things too, living in the States here is being able to carry a sidearm. You know, I, I carry a, 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 basically a bear gun on me at all times. Uh, <laughs> and, I, you know, it's multiple rounds. And I'm never, I, I don't ever want to have to use it to ward off a bear. You know, we've got bear spray and stuff like that. But, you know, I'd rather be looking at it than for it. And um, I've had many friends that have had some very uh, scary stuff happen to them. 
and if it weren't for their sidearm, you know, their weapon, um, they would have probably been, um, you know, six feet under. <laughs> yeah, and 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 that's what um kind of gives me a little bit of peace here in in the UK is I don't have to worry about bears, lions, and <laughs> yeah. cougars. Um, yeah, yes, I'm a little bit concerned about big cat because obviously if we do have a big cat um but here in the uk they are they are meant to they aren't as aggressive um but but to still remind that they are still cats so we are um still aware that they are still out there which concerns me a little bit (laughs) yeah well you know what a house cat can do to you imagine you know something 10 times that size (laughs) yeah (laughs) um so what started your inspiration for this yeah so um my mum um when we live we live in on isla off the west coast of scotland uh got me into cryptozoology and paleontology i used to write letters to paleontologists in glasgow and edinburgh and they'd write me back and so i was very interested in dinosaurs in general and then uh, my mom got me fascinated in you know things like the yeti the sasquatch um amaste mapanguari the mokle membe uh, ropin loch ness monster of course all these different all these different cryptids and I'm like, wow you know you know all they're finding stuff every day i mean in, in, in many lots of a lot of parts of this world are unexplored and so my mom really got me into it and then uh, the paleontology aspect knowing that um you know it's a relic you know, hominids out there relic dinosaurs uh, you know possibly still in these remote parts of the world and um you know and then eventually had the chance to move to the states and uh, you know california you know where the patterson gimlin film was filmed with like, mm-hmm. roger and bob you know and i was like i'm in i'm in you know california this is where the, sure. the patty film was filmed and so i just you know from about 90 really around 97 when i got uh my set of wheels and uh got on um, i could travel drive around i started going up to uh, lots of different places up and down california specifically yosemite was uh one of my favorite places mm-hmm. still is absolutely if you ever have a chance go to yosemite it's amazing um mm-hmm. just a brilliant place lots of uh history of sasquatch reports in that area a lot and so uh that, uh, you know, just doing investigations like that, eventually moving to Oregon. And then I really was, I thought, in the Mecca of, um, you know, Sasquatch. Mm-hmm. And um, then eventually uh, moving to Washington. I met uh, Derek Randalls of the Olympic Project. He's um, one of the founders of it. Um, I got to meet Cliff Berrickman, um, Dr. Jeff Meldrum, Bob Gimlin, mm-hmm. and, and, and these people I call friends now. And so they've been, wow. I encourage them as much as they encourage me. Uh, we have fun at it you know we, we take ourselves fairly seriously but not too seriously um and um you know just um you know and then people like the late dr john binnernoggle who passed away several years ago you know uh i become friends with him and um he he put his career his academic career on the line to pursue this subject matter knowing that there's something to it and he wanted his peers his academic peers to look into it and he was always blown away by that and now that he's not here i want to carry that torch because i do stand on the shoulders of many giants um some of them are still with us and some have gone on mm. um so it's just uh, it's it's really a passion it's about as much as a job that one can do without getting paid i do this stuff daily i love it though so <laughs> it's not it's not a job um I'm very blessed i'm a very blessed person to have the the people i have around me um that i call friends and family to do this stuff and the support from 
many, many people. So it all keeps me going, gets me interested even more. <laughs> and and I tell you now that a lot of those experts that you have um, named are incre- incredible, especially um, Dr. Jeffrey Meldrum. Say he, uh, we've had him luckily on the podcast twice. Um, and um, and yeah, and I think he, in my opinion, I think he's kind of the uh, leading Bigfoot scientist. I think absolutely. He's, um, yeah, I, I think he's one one of the leading ones that that lead this mystery. And um, I'm very very je- very very jealous that you've met met um, Bob Gimlin. <laughs> oh yeah, Bob is great. Oh uh, yeah, he's awesome. <laughs> well, um, yeah, if you ever make it to the states, um, you know, come up to Washington. He lives out of Yakima, but he's often up near my neck of the woods. Um, haven't oh, spoken with him in a while, but yeah, you know, getting up there in his age, but he still is still uh, gung ho as he ever was. <laughs> but your point about uh, your point about uh, Dr. Meldrum, he yeah, he's absolutely yeah. pillar, an absolute. He, he's a very humble man. He's an absolute pillar in this community. Um, I can't say enough about the guy. He's just out. He just he's fabulous. Yeah, same. Yeah, he, he's and I think he's so knowledgeable about it. I think people kind of trust him a bit more, um, and and kind of um, take a real a real liking to him. I think, um, and yeah, I think um, as well as Bob. Bob Gimlin, who, who, um, who captured the Patterson Gimlin film, um, is also a brilliant man as well. And I'm, um, I think it's led by like one big community. I think, if you agree with me on that. Yeah, you know, I, the, the the word community. So it's funny. I, I don't. Everybody goes, oh, the Bigfoot community or the Sasquatch community. Well, mm. I, there is, I guess, a community, uh, but it's a lot of different mm. sects, you know, a lot of different uh, ideas, opinions. I don't know there's so much a community um, as there's just different people with different opinions, but it doesn't bother me that much. You know, I you know, mm. I am a part of my own inner community with uh, the Olympic Project and, and a few other groups, a few, few other organizations, and definitely quite a few individuals. And that's kind of my my uh, Bigfoot community, um, but uh, I mean, there's just I mean, quite honestly, in this, it's not just Sasquatch. It could be UFOs, ghosts, other cryptids, anything. It could be fishing, it could be hiking, hunting, exploring, NASCAR, football. Um, there's there's always a bunch of bonkers. Uh, there's quite a few loony, loonies in this field and many <laughs> other fields. Um, I mean, some of the stuff I see just blow. It absolutely blows my mind. It's come about really since social media has come around especially like facebook and instagram and twitter oh, and definitely yeah absolute madness i mean just absolute madness <laughs> I, <laughs> so i i'm not a part of that community <laughs> i try not to and be. and uh, and i completely i completely agree with you there it, it's like you've got some people that are like us who are actually there to research and um but it's gone mad online honestly i'm on like um five 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 this different bigfoot groups and it's just post after post after post <laughs> by by everyone and it's just it's just gone mad i'll say that 
I, I get added to one every day, and I usually leave <laughs> right away. Uh, one, I just don't have time. I rather try to spend my time. I'm in the woods almost every day, um, exploring, oh, doing really? experiments. Oh yeah, I, I mean, I moved up to Washington specifically for, well, specifically to study some nests that were discovered by a timber cruiser up here. I've been working on this for over shoot, seven years now. Um, some very large ground nests that are very reminiscent of gorilla nests. And so I've been up here, but I try to spend my time out there, you know, uh, rather than online, because uh, uh, you don't really learn a whole lot and you don't get too far. And if I'm online, it's usually looking up something to do with some historical report or new report on Sasquatch and try to stay out of the groups. Not that there's um, not good groups. There definitely is good groups. There's good forums, good discussions. But um, um, I would say the vast more, the vast majority of them are they're just, just there's no substance, yeah, unfortunately. Mm. So, but yeah, I mean, I encourage people. Hey, if you're interested, join join a group. Uh, you know, make mm. friends, uh, share ideas. That's one way. I mean, I kind of how I started out. So no 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 harm no foul there. Mm. Yeah yeah, and I completely agree with you there. So um. What is the most interesting thing you've learned about Bigfoot over your fascinating career? Yeah, well, I mean, the one thing I'll say is I know Sasquatches, I know they're real. I know, you know, that they're out there. They're a living, breathing terrestrial entity. Um, you know, I don't try to get into exactly what they are. I mean, there's some sort of primate that I'm, I'm positive of. When it comes to saying stuff as facts as far as what they do, you know, I don't know. I got my ideas, you know, uh, as to what they possibly do. And, you know, and they definitely vocalize and, and whatnot. Um, but the the fascinating thing, I think, is that how they can stay in small numbers and yet seem to be doing just fine. Um, yeah. I don't think I don't think there's hundreds of thousands of Sasquatch out there. I think the numbers are very, very small. I mean, if you look at the uh, in 2017, the Tapanuli orangutan was discovered, which blue sciences i mean blew their minds western science that said there was no way in uh, i think it was indonesia sumatra somewhere over there they, they discovered the tapanuli orangutan that the uh, natives all the uh, natives there were talking yeah they're there and science was like no and they're saying yes they're there and science is saying no and then they found them and there was only 500 of them and they were you know they were immediately put on the you know endangered species list but they were doing just fine with 500. that sounds like a lot but it really isn't um, and I think we're dealing with something similar here. Uh, very small number, very nomadic, probably moving family groups, possibly maybe the male. Um, you know, he, he's the one, you know, if you look at Sasquatch reports in general, it's usually a male that's seen in a solo male. You know, you, very rarely do you yeah. see juveniles, uh, even rarer do you see females, uh, even rarer do you see groups hanging out together. Um, not that it hasn't happened, but you usually see a solo individual and that person's probably the outlier, the one looking around maintain that area um watching paying attention and the other ones are probably further deeper into the trees and the bushes and the woods um and the native americans here have been saying sasquatches are real they're real and once again you got science going no no it's impossible well i think huh. one day the uh native americans here the first nations will be vindicated um because it's pretty obvious they're there but you know aside from all that you know um their intelligence, uh, you know, is obviously very high for what they do in the woods to stay concealed. I think they do. They are curious periodically, especially, you know, we as humans are very predictable. You know, when we go camping, we, we play music, we build a fire. We, we're very predictable. I, I like to do 
I like to be predictable and then unpredictable uh, to mm. encourage and encourage something to happen um, or get a sighting or get something recorded. And um, but uh, but I'll, I will say the the, the, mo- the most interesting thing I've ever that I'm I'm pretty sure Sasquatch has done is make nests. And I think they're not made all mm. the time. I, I think they're made for birthing purposes uh, periodically. If they're Sasquatch is anything like an orangutan, for example, they'll give birth every six to eight years. Keeps their numbers small. Um, you wouldn't find nests all the time. You find them very mm. rarely. And these nests are way off trail uh, in very difficult areas to get to. They're massive. And they, we found hair in them that like a medulla, which seems to be uh, a trait of Sasquatch hair. Uh, mm. Red granules under a microscope. I mean, a lot of sightings report uh, seeing a cinnamon or red colored Sasquatch, reddish colored, mm. you know. Um, uh, and so. Yeah, I mean, there's just so much to talk about when it comes to the characteristics and the findings. I mean, we we found hand impressions, we found foot impressions, we have hair, we have some of the most amazing audio I think in um, on the subject matter, bar none, with the likes of Chris Spencer, who's one of our audio guys. Um, you know, we, we use professional bioacoustical SM4 units, which are what the professionals use to record bats and birds and stuff like that. And uh, David Ellis, something limit project, uh, where these guys. Um, are both audio gurus and they visually they don't just listen to sounds they visually go through the audio and look for specific signatures you know because they and they can compare everything on there to other known animals and when they find something that's unknown or ambiguous you know they'll uh, they'll clip that and put that aside but some of the recordings um, will make your hair stand up on your end and some of them are just <laughs> so fascinating uh, there's nothing in north america uh that makes some of these sounds, you know, um, you know, or throws rocks or beats trees, you know, that uh, with the force mm. and effort that it takes to do some of these uh, sounds. Mm. Yeah, and um, I will completely agree with you on that. One question that I will ask, as you brought up hair, do you know of any um, any Bigfoot that has white hair? Uh, I'm taking in reports. In fact, there's an area here in western Washington where a specific Sasquatch has been seen over 20 years by policemen and others in this area. And when it was originally seen over 20 years ago, it was seen as a small whitish colored Sasquatch. Mm. Now that it's been spotted, it's much bigger. But I'm pretty sure it's the same Sasquatch. So yes, there are reports of what people would call white or grayish colored Sasquatch or even a blonde uh, Sasquatch in in our nest area, uh, our project, our, our study site, there has been a blonde, possibly blonde Sasquatch scene in this area. So, um, yeah, um, is it you know, like a, a trait? Uh, is it, uh, you know, every once in a while you'll see an oddity, you know, an albino moose or an albino deer. Um, I know they have them in the UK and they have them here in the States and Canada and North America. And just an oddity that stands out. But is that something, you know, like, uh, for example, black bear? here in the states when you think of a black bear you think of a black bear but there's actually five different variations of black bear you have the blonde the blue the cinnamon um mm. and the black so they, they come in they're the same species you know but they have different mm. color hair you know so i think sasquatch could be just so similar i mean uh, look at us humans uh, you know I, i'm the oldest of eight siblings you know and i have dark hair uh, one of my sisters has blonde hair and the rest are brunettes and whatnot so we, we're all the same species, right? But we have different colored hair, you know, variations. <laughs> We're some of the same family even. So, um, yeah, um, I have reports like that, yes. 
Wow, and 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 I I, I asked that because because um, we found some white hair here, and um, and I didn't I didn't know what 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 it was. Um, one one point you did um, just mention was that they they do you reckon they stay around one area for a period of time? like around these nests or or not great question yeah um so i think they they even though i do believe they're nomadic i don't think they have to travel i don't think they migrate they're not uh, i mean the black-tailed deer up here they don't migrate um black bear the mountain lion they have their home ranges and mountain lions can any, be anywhere from about 100 to 200 square miles especially the males i think the females are a little less maybe 50 um and black bear they don't usually go too far uh, it de- everything depends on food sources and weather and up here in western washington we do get a lot of rain but where um, a lot of these reports happen there's not a lot of snow it, it's very temperate yeah it'll get down into the 40s you know uh, but very temperate at 50s um and so they're probably more transitory and by that I mean they just you know like the elk the elk will go up the mountain to feed um, you know, and when the weather turns south and it starts to snow, they'll come down lower and lower, and lower to the where the food's at, where the in the shelter, and the, the weather's more permittable down to the valleys. And so they're transitory; they don't migrate. They just elevation to elevation and food source to food source. I think Sasquatch is very much the same way. If they don't need to move, they won't. Uh, obviously, being a large, um, being so large, if they stay in one area too long, they will give up. Uh, they will make themselves known. You know, they'll leave damage behind in their environment, mm-hmm. whether it's eating or laying down or breaking stuff. Um, so they can't stay in one spot. They need to, you know, move on and get, you know, food sources. But, we, you know, even up here, we're surrounded by ocean and creeks and rivers. The salmon up here are amazing. We have a salmon chum run going on right now. Mm-hmm. Some of these rivers, loads of protein. You got clams, shells, all the uh, berries. Um, and there's just all sorts of berries out here. Huckleberry, blackberry, um, salal berry, you know, Oregon grape. Uh, I mean, the amount of food sources up here are amazing. And the weather's really not bad. So <laughs> if you don't have um, any reason to, to get out of a, you know, general area, they, why would you? You know, other than you got to move around and, and stay foraging and not deplete your sources in one area nor make yourself known. So you have to move. But I don't think it's mm. like a migration. I think they can stay in one area for a lengthy period of time and do just fine. Yeah, yeah. And and the reason why I asked that is because on our expedition that we did, whatever it was, if it was from deer to badger or to um, to bigfoot, it didn't. Lee, it, it, it didn't make itself secret. It, it made itself quite known that it was there. There was from to scattered deer uh, bones to uh, tree structures to smells to all sorts. It didn't make itself um, secret, if you know what I mean. Yeah, but it didn't make itself secret, but it didn't show itself. No, it didn't. No, and and um, I will show you one photo that I do have that uh, people have mixed feelings of, um, and and I want to see what what you um, what you think of that photo because I don't, I have no clue 
on 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 what it could be. Understood, yeah. Um, so my last question for you is what advice would, would you give to someone who has started to research Bigfoot? Yeah, I um another really good uh, question doesn't get asked enough, uh, especially for people getting into this, but I, I kinda some along the lines of what I said earlier, you know, first of all, um, you know, you don't have to be you really don't have to be in the woods to, to study this phenomenon. I mean, you can do a lot of, you know, what they call armchair research uh, from your computer. Um, definitely before you step a foot into the woods or into the field, get to know um, as much as you can on the phenomena, the people that are been working on this phenomenon and uh, the things that have been discovered. There is actually a plethora of not just information and not just anecdotal stories, but actual physical stuff people can, you can look at. So, you know, and then find an area. Don't don't ambulance chase. Find an area, study that area, learn everything about that area, the weather, the terrain, the animals. Learn everything you can about it. Jot that down. Collect as much data on that stuff so that you're so familiar with that area. When something obscure happens or you come across something, it's going to stand out like a sore thumb. You're going to see it. You're like, this is not this animal. Or this, this doesn't belong here. This is odd. And, you know, instead of going, you know, chasing reports, and there's a time and a place for that. But, you know, like the Alignment Project, we have three areas and we, we, we don't really go chasing after reports. We, we study these areas um, mm. because we know there's known animal life in there. And we're quite sure in some cases and in some scenarios and in some seasons and months, the Sasquatch are in these areas uh, based on a lot of the physical stuff we've, we've uh, collected and, and found. So find an area, study that area document that area um, know that area inside and out and uh, even if there's not um, reports of Sasquatch in the area if it if you have other wildlife and has all the natural resources chances are possibly there could be a Sasquatch that's just not been seen because it takes a person and a Sasquatch right and if you don't have the person there doesn't mean there's no Sasquatch it just means no one's seen it so uh, you know or find an area where there's been a lot of reports and study that area too but yeah, and then just be prepared. Be prepared for every scenario. Tell people where you're going, um, when you plan to come back, um, and just make sure you're back. You're, when you step into the woods, you're so comfortable, you know, that you know you have mm. everything. And that way you're you're at peace in your mind, and your only thought is research. Mm. Yeah, and, and, and that is very, very true. Um, so, Shane, I want to thank you so much um, for, for being here with us today oh uh, oh i appreciate it thank you craig thank you daniel i really uh, appreciate the invite daniel you're uh, doing a fantastic job i do have one question for you though um are you a football fan you, who do you support i am not a football fan i'm not i'm 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 straight i'm straight towards um the bigfoot research and um i i don't really know much about football <laughs> oh yeah yeah it's true yeah <laughs> <laughs> good idea and i'll just question <laughs> yeah um no but uh, thanks again for uh thanks again for having me on i've really enjoyed it uh, this time thank you so much so um right. so guys I, I will see you in the next podcast Thank you for listening to the Mythical Legends podcast. For more information, check out our Facebook group. The truth is out there.